talking about sex workers now. So we're just giving you a bit of a warning about that. We are going to be talking about sex workers and sex work. If uh, you feel it's not appropriate for everyone in the room to listen, then uh, maybe just uh, think about what, what action you're going to take. But that is what we're going to be talking about. Well, we've heard that the Sex Workers Education and Advocacy Task Force, it's an NGO, it's called SWEAT, is creating a blog. And this is going to be for sex workers to use. They're going to uh, warn each other about uh, abusive uh, patrons. It's also just going to, it, it would seem, lift the lid of some of what happens in the actual industry. And in our Cape Town studios now with us, we've got Sally Jean Shackleton from Sweat and Mickey, who is a sex worker. Let's start with uh, Sally Jean. Good morning. Stephen. Hi, Sally Jean. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, good morning. Where did the idea for a blog come from? Well, we've been investigating um, using new information and communication technologies for a while. We had a partnership with Women's Net in Johannesburg. Yes. They're an organization that use ICTs uh, strategically for women's rights. And we joined with them and did a series of short movies that sex workers produced themselves. They chose the words, the pictures, and the content themselves and made short movies about their lives and their real-life experiences. So that was really the start of our investigation and using ICTs um, and it is a worldwide trend um, of course people are accessing um, social networking platforms, mm. they are using their cell phones to access information so it is a strategic way of getting information out there and advocating for our rights Obviously we all know that, that uh, as soon as people are sort of not legally allowed to practice whatever work it is they're practicing all sorts of legal mm. protections go out of the window I mean uh, this is part of a long running campaign as well I'd imagine Yes, it is. We have a campaign to decriminalize sex work in South Africa. It is the subject of legal reform currently. There was a discussion paper issued by the South African Law Reform Commission in 2009. Um, and although the, the law reform process has been incredibly slow, we are, we are hoping that um, the rights of sex workers will be considered paramount and the safety of women who are so marginalized and so vulnerable to violence will be taken seriously. As I remember, the Constitutional Court said it was not unconstitutional to ban uh, prostitution and sex work and sex work. So there's no legal imperative. There's no legal duty on government to actually to actually change the law. And I'd imagine the, the public opinion might be against against government changes on this. Well, I'm, I'm not so sure about that. I, I mean, I would argue that, that our Bill of Rights enshrines the rights of people to choose what work they would like to do, to the right to safety and dignity. And uh, criminalizing sex workers is definitely impeding their dignity. It's definitely uh, compromising their safety. So these are the, the, the arguments that we would use. Also, there was a case in which um, a sex worker who worked in a brothel um, took her employer to the uh, CCMA. Mm. And in this case, went all the way through to um, to higher decision-making bodies in the law and there was a decision to acknowledge that she has the right um, to equal working conditions, that she has the right to recourse if she is treated unfairly in, in her work, even though her work is criminalized. So these are things that we, that we are hoping will sway um, public opinion and also, of course, the reason why we're using ICTs is so that people can hear the real-life stories of sex workers, not the stereotypes, not the, the, the things that people think sex workers mm. are and go through. The real 
experiences of sex workers are very diverse, very complex, and the universal message is that we have to decriminalize sex work if we believe in women's rights and if we believe that sex workers and citizens of South Africa need to be safe. There's obviously various public views around sex work. I mean, you have everything from the sort of pretty woman nonsense, if mm-hmm. I can call it that, down to sort of what we see on television documentaries, the idea of, of police abusing these people, taking money, taking whatever. Um, how different is the reality in your experience from the actual public perception? Well, Mickey will be able to tell you more about that. But in our experience, sex workers are ordinary people. They're, they have children. They have mothers and fathers that they're taking care of back home. They have responsibilities. Um, they um, have experienced uh, lots of trauma in their lives very often, sometimes not, though. Um, the, the reality is, is that sex workers' lives are as diverse as, as our own um, and, and that sex workers should be subject to the same laws and rights that we are as as citizens and I think um, um, the the work that we're doing the blogs and so on are not just to to reveal the the trauma that sex workers experience because of de- of criminalization but also the real lives of, of sex workers the ordinary stories the wishes and the hopes and dreams that sex workers have for their lives All right let's talk about the blog is it firstly is it open for anyone to read well, we've created numerous blogs. <clears throat> Basically, what we've done is we have um, opened blogs for sex workers. We are creating a new website, which should be launched this week, in which sex workers can blog on the SWEAT website. But we're also making sure that sex workers have the skills they need to use ICTs so they can con- take control of their own voices. They can take control of the own me- their own messages. We believe very strongly in the autonomy and agency of, of women and men who are sex workers. We don't believe that we need to talk for people mm. um, but we do acknowledge that the difficulty as long as sex work is criminalized that sex workers voices are going to be silenced because they're too afraid to speak out mm, no, I mean, I mean um, where I'm sort of heading here is that mm-hmm. is that you're not talking about a blog that is that only other sex workers can access you're talking about a blog that that I myself could access if I wanted to yes. that's what you're talking about yes that's exactly what we're because my first about. my first sort of question is well I've sort of two lots of questions about it but one of them is that if you named someone as an abusive client just Mm -hmm. the fact that you name that person as a client of sex workers could open you up to all sorts of legal action well, we, we will, of course, stay within the law. We're not going to reveal the names of people who we aren't absolutely sure are, um, we can do so. We will also be um, following up through the legal process where we know police officers or individuals are abusing sex workers. We will follow the, the, the procedure of the law and we will try to get justice for sex workers. This is an opportunity for sex workers to tell the public what kind of experiences that they have um, and also for us to seek justice where, where the real criminals can can be called to account. So the people who abuse, rape, assault sex workers, lock sex workers up, drop them in remote and dangerous areas, these are the real criminals, not the sex workers. And we want to call for, for justice for sex workers and, and prosecute the real criminals. Let's uh, introduce Mickey to the conversation now. Mickey, you are a sex worker. <coughs> Thanks for joining us today. Good morning to you. Good morning. When you first heard about the idea of a, of a blog, I mean, what was your first reaction? My first reaction um, was that it, sh- it should go. Um, of course, I was looking into the ideas of exposing clients and, and getting ourselves in danger. But then as, as we spoke about it, we knew how to go about it.
and and I mean, obviously, uh, a lot of the, the blog is going to be sort of hearing your voice, your stories. Uh, what, what what kind of I mean, what, if you were able to write for the blog, do you have any stories that you you're able to share with us now that that you think would would probably make it onto the blog? And, and may I just ask that you don't necessarily mention any names unless you're absolutely legally sure you can. Okay, in, in the three blogs that I've already created, um, for me it was um, an inspiration of not only what I've experienced as a, uh, as a person, but um, I've, I've got a blog saying decriminalize, I mean criminalize, condomize or victimize. Mm. Um, I was inspired by the fact that in Limpopo, um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a town called Tohoyando in Sbasa, sex workers there are being arrested for having condoms on them. And um, now what is confusing me, I think I've, I'm also mentioning this in the blog that um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that our government is confusing us. We have the Department of um, Health promoting the use of mm. condoms and the abstinence and the ETC and even the, um, the civil society. And then we've got um, the Department of Safety and Security arresting sex workers for having condoms on them. Um, to an extent that my colleagues up there um, has, has gone to the extent of calling condoms Amstels because they will arrest them and call it public drinking. Gee, uh, I mean, I, are you finding, I mean, this isn't about the law, this is about people abusing you though, isn't it? It's about people abusing their position. Um, I'm basically thinking that it is happening because sex work is criminalized. We don't have anywhere to go. I mean, had it been that it was not a crime to be a sex worker, we would have been able to go up and say, listen, I was, I was on duty and I had my tools to work and somebody came and arrested me for having my tools on me. Now, because sex work is criminalized, the, our, our protectors and our so-called um, authority makers or our lawmakers are the ones that are actually explo exploiting us and, and, and abusing us. The, the kind of stories that, that you, you, you would be talking, you, you're talking about on your blog, I mean, you must have some personal experiences, not just of the police, but also of clients. Um, um, for my, okay, um, I, I work throughout South Africa now, um, now that I'm also with Sweat, uh, and my experience is that um, the Western Cape, um, Limpopo, Gauteng, the provinces that we are already working with, are quite diverse in a way, the way we get abused. I mean, you would find in, in certain places, it's the clients that are abusing sex workers mm. more, more than the police, but in certain places, it's the police. But I would say, and I would want to emphasize that throughout Africa, it is the police, not only in South Africa, but throughout Africa, the, it's the police that is actually um, abusing sex workers more than anyone else. Do you think that you'd, you'd be able to use the blog to warn people about certain police officers or certain police precincts? I mean, in my experience, sometimes when it comes to police abuse cases, usually not limited to one officer. It's, it's an officer within a precinct, and that means that other people in that, in that particular police station engage in the same thing. Yes, um, it would be used to to warn certain people. We are not saying all police are bad. We just had a march on the tenth um, on the tenth of December, closing the sixteen days of violence against women and children in collaboration with the police. I myself was on the on the task team with the police, so not all police are bad. So, uh, but you get some police officers that are bad. And as far as okay, like when when I when I worked in the area that I worked in, there were certain police officers that we knew their shifts as well. We knew that they are working three day shifts, three night shifts, and mm. three off. So we would know that when they are on day shift and, and off, that, that's when we are safe. And then on the three night shifts, we'll just stay at home or maybe just be very cautious. Uh, Sadi Jean, I mean, one of the issues that you have with this is that if Mickey had to say, say that on, uh, you know, in her blog and actually name the police officers and mm -hmm. say that these, these police officers or this is what they look like, I mean, that, that mm -hmm. could surely be, be libelous and, or the police officers would say so at least. 
Yeah, well, what we're doing at the moment is that we have an SMS line, especially for sex workers. So what we'll do is if a sex worker experiences abuse from a police uh, person or a, or a client, she she's able to send a description of the event and a description of the client or police officer to the SMS line to warn other sex workers as well as to alert sweat. And what we'll do is we, we will follow that through the law. But we do have to note that as long as sex workers are unsafe, we have to take steps to to make them safe. So if we send warnings of a certain police officer, I mean, of course, the trouble is a lot of police officers who are abusing sex workers remove their name tags so that they cannot be identified. Which is illegal. <clears throat> it is illegal, yes. Um, so that's, I mean, uh, Sweat did get an interdict against the Western Cape um, police. Um, against unlawfully arresting sex workers. Mm. What we were finding is that sex workers were arrested on a Thursday or a Wednesday so that they were able to keep them all weekend yeah. and that they were never charged, never prosecuted, and they were just an attempt to keep them in jail and, and threaten and, and intimidate them. Currently, we've written a, a letter to the Commissioner of Police in the Western Cape to ask him to address the, 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 the illegal profiling of sex workers. So at the moment, the Vice Squad is going out and, and taking photographs and fingerprinting sex workers without charging them, without any kind of due process, and displaying those photographs in some police stations and, and keeping those records. It's not legal to, to profile people unless they have been arrested, unless they are charged or out on bail. Um, and, and, and this is a, this is a, um, th this kind of impunity is something that we have to end because police officers think they are behaving within the law because sex work is criminalized and therefore sex workers are less than human, don't deserve human rights, cannot address um, police abuses. They can therefore behave in whatever way they choose. All right, we're talking to Sally Jean Shackleton from Sweat and Mickey, a sex worker. It's 28 past 10. Zadar SMS is coming in as well. Rob on 31702 and 31567 says, please stop referring to prostitution as sex work. Why do you not invite an alternative gender voice to Sweat, which is the lobby group for the sex trade? Rob, trying to think of an SMS that I've disagreed with more strongly in the recent past. Can't think of one, but I completely disagree with you. Okay, let's go to Sadie on the line from Mowbray in Cape Good morning. Hi, Good morning Sadie. to both of you. It's been fascinating listening to you. I just want to ask your guest, mm. wouldn't the blog site endanger the sex workers even more because if somebody has been abusive to a sex worker and they know that there is a possibility of being publicly exposed wouldn't it be tempting to um murder them uh, or do or do them serious harm because you know robbers often shoot people uh, when it's not it, it seems to us mm. not even to be necessary because they stole so little but they don't want to be identified and what worries me is the problem that if people know that when they visit a sex worker they might be publicly identified you're actually placing these people's lives at risk or, or do you think i'm being overly uh, cautious about the whole it's thing. A, it's and a, and a, can I just remember your previous, uh, remind your previous caller that Mary Magdalene used to be a sex worker. All right, Sadie, thank you on the line from Mowbray. It's a great question. We're talking to Sally Jean Shackleton from Sweat and Mickey, a sex worker. Sally Jean? 
Yeah, I think it's it's not an overreaction. It is a, a serious concern that we have. We would never um, do anything to endanger the lives of sex workers, which is why the blogs are anonymous. And um, in most cases, we um, make sure that we are keeping um, the sex worker as anonymous as we as we can. The the other thing that we do is that we we use the the, the blogs also as a healing a tool so that um, if you express yourself and if you talk about how you feel and you have an opportunity to make your concerns real um, it often plays a role in your own healing so while we don't necessarily reveal the details of the event we will talk about how it feels to be abused and we'll talk about the real life experience so that others may learn from it Sally aren't you running a risk though by having someone doing it as anonymous I mean I presume will you be keeping the real names are you able to tell us that will you know who is a certain thing. We do for the sex workers that we train mm. to use computers. Um, we are encouraging sex workers in general to speak out, to start blogs, mm. to talk about their experiences, though. And um, I mean, I think it is an it is an issue. We wouldn't reveal the the, the identities mm. of of sex workers. No, I absolutely um, understand. And to, as, you yeah. know, as a journalist who, who protects his sources, I completely understand. The one the one problem though is that mm-hmm. won't that in a way tarnish or, or harm the credibility of the information that you get through these blogs? And uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not saying that as a criticism. I'm saying that as a mm-hmm. you're in a very difficult position actually because on the one le- on the one level to 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 keep it anonymous makes complete sense on another level the the blogs would have a lot more power if the mm. people gave some kind of identity yeah but until sex workers decriminalize we're, we're not going to be able yeah. to do that i think that what we what we will do however is that blogs by their very nature are subjective tools they're not objective um uh you know uh, journalists the people who are writing their blogs they're hmm. obviously talking from their own experiences and i think that readers need to acknowledge that when they when they read the blogs blogs have always been a a, a tool for for um subjective experience and hmm. talking about these um you know personal it's a blog, not a newspaper. It's as simple mm-hmm. as that, really, isn't it? Yeah. Right, uh, Antoinette's uh, called in from Rosebank in Cape Town. Hi, Antoinette. Hi, how are you doing? I'm all right, go for it. Um, I have a, a lot of sympathy first for um, for the ladies who I believe are trapped in the sex industry. I've interviewed a lot of ladies myself. I spent six months interviewing women all over the country mm-hmm. and, and came out with the answer that really this is not work and that legalization or decriminalization is not necessarily the whole answer. Um, I don't want to live in a country where this is ever seen as work. Um, It's completely dehumanizing to any woman. And and there really are a number of problems, and research shows this around the world. And so I'd be interested to know what Sweet's comments are on this, that where prostitution has been legalized or decriminalized, child prostitution increases. Child prostitution exists in every adult prostitution market that exists, and it's increased wherever prostitution has been legalized. So really, that's a problem for me. If you look at the case studies from Australia, um, from the Netherlands, from Germany, from New Zealand, even from Sweden, Sweden has a very interesting model. Um, it's a myth that this will improve your life. So I think long-term as a country, we need to look for solutions that improve the lives of these women and improve the lives of, of people trapped in this industry. I believe often that a lot of the men who are abusing these women are victims too and we need to address that if we're going to address the problem holistically. Um, All right, so Antoinette, just, really stay, just, just stay on the line. We're sort of going researcher to researcher here. Uh, Sally Jean, I mean, what's, what's your response to that? I mean, Antoinette it seems to be someone who's speaking with a very informed opinion. 
Mm-hmm. I agree and disagree. I think <laughs> that I, I agree absolutely that we need to take steps to improve sex workers' lives, that we absolutely need to address the poverty, the, 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 um, the conditions under which sex work happens. We absolutely need to address those issues. Um, and we need to improve our, our, our social system so that we're able to, to provide a net for, for women so that they're not feeling like they have, um, big, that poverty pushes them towards sex work. Work. Are you? Are you? Are, do I, you? I mean, the, the mm-hmm. statistics that Antoinette said. She didn't give numbers necessarily, but the mm-hmm. idea that that child prostitution, which is obviously illegal around the world, goes up whenever prostitution is legalised. I mean, do you have numbers that support that, or do you disagree? I don't have numbers that support that. I, I also think that there is a lot of misinformation around um, research around sex work because there are moral and religious judgments around sex work. There are people that have an agenda when they do research, and 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 basically find the information to support their views. Sweat is absolutely against uh, child prostitution, is absolutely against trafficking in women. We have, our sex workers who work with us have often collaborated with the police to end um, and identify uh, trafficked women or child prostitution. It's absolutely something that we we are uh, against and that would never become legal in this country. But we have to acknowledge that when you do, when you criminalize sex work in general, it makes it much harder to find the people who are forced into prostitution or who are forced into um, uh, young people who are forced into selling sex. This is definitely something that we that would be easier to address if we decriminalize um, sex work. And I think Mickey has something to add to that as well. Mickey? Um, Yes, um, as, as, as much as um, Antoinette has got some um, some research to back up and or studies or case studies, but uh, I'd like to mention a study by Chandra Gold. Not all of us are trapped into sex work, but it's a choice. Someone could have been a nurse, a teacher or anything else, but they chose to be sex workers. So we're not always trapped in sex work. I mean, Mickey, the, ob- the obvious question that I then have to ask is, are you trapped in sex work or was it a, no. a choice you made? It's a choice I made. Can I ask why? I mean, and and this I find is a key question because is it because of the money or is it because it's a job you you enjoy or or, or why, if you're not trapped in it, why do you do it? Okay, 90% of the people that are working are not enjoying their jobs. Mm. So it would be because of money. Because if someone could give you a better Mm. offer today, you would leave your job and go to the better offer, right? Right, and is that why why you're involved in it? Yes, um, and, and the issue of child prosecution, we as sex workers, we are mothers. Mm. Like, we are no, mothers. We're not, yes. And each and every single person is not raising a future sex worker or even a domestic worker. I mean, no, no one is saying to your daughter, grow up and be a domestic worker. But it's not a dream job, but it's a job that, it's a job that people do. So we're not raising, but we, we also don't want children to be involved in, in sex work. But because sex work is criminalized, it's, we find it hard to go to the police and say, at 2 a.m., I spotted a 13-year-old. Because mm. then the police are going to be asking me, what were you doing? in the street at 2 a.m. in the morning All and right. then now I'll have to reveal myself and get myself arrested or further humiliated and end up. Right, I do have another question I want to ask both uh, Antoinette and Sally Jean. Uh, Antoinette first is that in countries where prostitution has been legalized do we know if more men then go and visit prostitutes? Antoinette, do you know the answer to that? Um, I, I can't give an informed answer on that. Alright, right. Antoinette, thanks for calling in today. Uh, Sally Jean? Um, 
As far as I know, no. There hasn't been an increase in, in, in sex work in countries where it's been decriminalized to whatever extent. In, in Sweden, for instance, they uh, criminalize the client. Um, we don't believe that that will work in South Africa. Sweet has 15 years' experience in working with sex workers. We go out on the street. We do outreach and development. We talk to a lot of sex workers. We still feel that that will drive sex work further underground and that sex workers will still be in danger. She'll be the primary witness against the 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 um criminalized client um she'll also be forced to work in unsafe conditions again because um her her work is basically criminalized mm. so i think i think we need to come up with solutions in south africa that suit our 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 conditions that will we were listening to the voices of sex workers and the kinds of experiences that they have and we really are putting in social systems in place to be able to assist sex workers who want to get out of sex work to be able to keep those who want to stay in sex work safe. All right. Mickey, I mean, I'm, I, I think there's a lot of interest in, in your voluntary decision to work in this industry. Uh, money is one thing, but it's also very dangerous, isn't it? Um. Yes, and most jobs are dangerous, though. Not most jobs. I mean, working on an oil rig is dangerous, and people do that for the money as well. I mean, I'm not saying yes. I'm not trying to make a moral judgment. I'm just saying that 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 there are, are there not easier ways to make that kind of money? Um, there could be e easier ways, but this is a choice that I made. Okay. No, I mean, fair enough. You absolutely. I mean, I was going to say you have the right to make that choice. I don't think our government would necessarily say that you do, although the argument should really be about whether or not that you do. I mean, some of the SMSs that, that we're getting are obviously quite scathing of, of your decision to do that. Do you have children? I mean, is, is it something if you had a daughter, would you be, be willing, would you support, or, or would you advise against uh, this kind of career? Um, if she was old enough to decide for herself, it's her choice what she does with her life. All right, all right. Okay, very interesting. Let's, uh, taking your calls on 021-446-0567 Sam is asking on SMS regarding AIDS, there an onus on sex workers to disclose their status to clients? This is a problem. I imagine, Sally Jean, that the issue of AIDS and HIV is something where, your, your blog, where a blog could play a very powerful role indeed. Mm -hmm. Indeed, we, we do a lot of work around HIV, but I do have to say that sex workers often use uh, protection more than, more than non-sex workers do. Um, I think that the choice not to use um, a condom is often not in the hands of the sex worker herself, but, in the, but with a client. And that is definitely something we have to address. A lot of clients might refuse to use a condom um, and might uh, 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 force the sex worker not to use a condom. And those are issues we, we have to address. We do a lot of HIV AIDS work. A sex worker is not um, compelled to disclose her status to anyone. Um, no one is uh, compelled to disclose their status to anyone in South Africa. So, um, yeah, but it is an issue we do a lot of education around and that we do um, a lot of outreach and development on. All right, let's go to Lynette in Rustenburg. Hi, Lynette. Hi, Lynette. Um, you know, we have a place here called Rangkwon, and they bring in mostly Thailand, girls from Thailand. Mm. Well, you would be amazed how many of these young girls marry into the community. And you can tell them they have the beautifully high heels, manicured toenails and nails, and it's just an accepted way of life. They bring the girls in once a week to town to come and do their own personal shopping, and life carries on. Gee, interesting. Do you know people who use that place? Don't mention any names, Lynette. We'll get sued. Um, yeah, it's, it's not the name of the place. Yeah, no, I realize that. But I'm saying, do you know any people who, who use that, that uh, brothel? 
Yes. All right. And do people go again and again? Yes. All right. Lynette on the line from Rustenburg there. Sally Jean, for people who are brought into the country from Thailand, it's going to be a lot mm-hmm. harder for them to access a blog. I mean, do you have any mechanisms for trying to sort of make those people aware of the rights they do have here? Because I would have thought they're, they're almost a lot more vulnerable than, than, uh, than South Africans. Well, in those cases, we will try to work with the brothels or the or the you know the clubs where those women work to try and ensure that the women there have access to information about their rights. We, like I said, are against trafficking in women. If in, if anybody brings women into this country illegally, or if uh, they they do it under um, you know with misinformation and and women end up doing something they don't expect, then um, that is something that our sex workers and sweat will definitely report to the police and work with the police to prosecute those people. All right, our guests this morning are Sally Jean Shackleton from the Sex Workers Education Advocacy Task Force. Mickey, a sex worker, both in our Cape Town studio. We're taking your calls on 4460567 and 8830702. It's 12 minutes. Talking about sex work and sex workers creating their own blog. Bruce from Randburg. Hi. Yeah, morning, guys. Morning to your guests. Um, I think, I know for many people, this is a morally complex issue, but there's, mm. you know, there's, there's many nuances to this whole debate. Uh, I think that there, that there should be rights for, for sex workers, definitely. Um, I think that there's many people that kind of see, as your guests have mentioned, they look at sex workers as just objects with no rights, um, and mm. then they treat them like that. And I just want to quickly tell you a story about personal experience of mine. Um, I met a sex worker last year, and she was telling me that, um, I asked her, how did she get into it, to the, to the business? And she said that she, used to, she grew up in a small town in, in Cape Town, and um, she was married, and her husband was used to abuse her, beat her up every single night. Mm. And everyone knew about it in this little town, but no one did anything about it or cared. Then she eventually left, she got the courage, she walked out, and she became a sex worker. And, and people kind of judge her. And unfortunately, it's amazing how people, when she was living the normal life, in inverted commas, married, no one cared. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, when she, and she, and no one cared about her abuse. But then she became a sex worker and people judge her. And I just say, who's anyone to judge anyone? If you haven't walked in their shoes, you know, who, who, who is anyone to judge someone else? Yeah, let you as not sin throw the first stone, Bruce, yeah, I think. is, is absolutely. Yeah. No, interesting okay. point. Let's go to Tembi in Boxburg. Hi. Hello, Stephen. Um, I have a question uh, for the lady from Sweat. Mm. Um, after the, the blog, um, what are the steps there to, to get an independent regulatory um, body? For the sex industry, you're saying you're saying if, if, if prostitution is legalized. Yeah, once once it's legalized, because I feel once it's legalized, all things will you know just come out. Would there be an independent regulatory mm. body like the gambling? Um, industry or, or, you know, or, or the, very, the, the tobacco industry? It's, it's a very interesting question. I mean, Sally Jean from Sweat, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the sort of mechanics of legalizing, legalizing sex work, uh, I mean, would you, would you be in favor of some, some group of people who, who deals with this on a permanent basis? We wouldn't be in favor of a, of a regulatory body. What we would be in favor of is um, social support. So organizations like SWEAT, the Department of, of, um, of, of, of Social Development and so on, putting mechanisms in place where people can go for assistance um, when they need it. We don't believe that um, sex workers should be um, uh, licensed or, um, you know, l- like, like some other legalized models do or regulatory models do. What we want 
is for sex work to be decriminalized, so for the sanction to be removed. But we don't want regulatory bodies to try and control sex workers um, to try to because we believe that that will just land us in the same situation as, there, we, is, as is, we are now. Isn't there a case to suggest that instead of having just sort of laws and police officers and the, and the, the current legal system making decisions, uh, when we say regulatory body, I mean, Tembi, I, I think Tembi might be onto something because what I'm suggesting is not a regulatory body per se, but a body that deals with this in a holistic basis, someone who would set regulations, someone who would implement those regulations, but someone who would also do the supporting role. Uh, where I'm headed with this is you would have a, you'd have a sort of person who regulates this, but who actually understands all aspects of the industry, what people go through, rather than just having someone who sets the rules, which is what would happen if you had judges do it. Well, I think the thing is that we need to recognize that sex work is not like gambling. We're talking about people's lives here. Mm. Um, we, regulating people's lives is very problematic. Um, I mean, apartheid tried this. Lots of other people, you know, tried tried regulating people's sexualities and people's lives. I, I, I don't think it would work. I don't think it, it would protect this, the, the rights of sex workers. I think we need social systems in place to support sex workers like organizations, civil society organizations, um, state organizations to to assist sex workers but i don't believe in a regulatory body um and i don't believe that we should be zoning sex work or anything mm. like that that would limit the rights of sex workers and that would uh, kind of put put sex workers as a different class in society all right um, I'm, I'm with that, you okay that i understand is, that yeah all right carolyn claremont hi carol uh good morning um the lady from sweat i'm not judging and i'm not saying anything about what people decide to do with their lives. But she used the term dignified. Mm -hmm. I'd like her to tell me how this is a dignified uh, job. Interesting question, all right. Uh, getting to the nub of something, perhaps. Sally Jean? Um... I'm looking at Mickey here and wondering mm. whether she wants to take I was going that. to ask Mickey, I don't actually. want to expose her to, but she's, yeah, let me yes. leave that to her. <laughs> okay. Um, dignified. Um, mm. if, 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 I, if I may, um, everyone has sex most, mostly. Mm. I don't know which part of having sex or, or doing sex work is not actually dignified. Mm. Or maybe is it the money part? Because a lot of people have different partners. If you go, go around and asking people how many partners have you had sex with, you would find that many. And still those people would want to be called dignified. And because we are doing it for money, then it is called not dignified. And I would also like to emphasize that um, we, are, we, are, we as people are diverse, so what you would think as dignified I would mm. think as not dignified or not moral. I'm with and you, I'm with you. Yep. Yes. So we, um, I, I, I don't think we need to justify why we should be called dignified, but because we are human beings and we've got the right to live, then we should live according to dignity. So, so I mean, you know, a question that people are going to ask is, is you go to sleep at night happy that you've done, you've worked your day, you're, you're, you, you feel you haven't done anything wrong, you're sort of uh, content within yourself, I suppose, is the question I'm trying to ask, Mickey. Um, of course, I go, go to bed, I'm coming from work, so I mm. go to bed thinking that I've achieved what I wanted to achieve. I've, I've gone to work and um, I've earned what I needed to earn, like everyone else mm. goes to work and do what they're supposed to do at work. And I also like to emphasize, sex work is not always about work, I mean about sex. You, do, you don't always go out there and get money for sex. So Right. We, what, 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 I mean, you're asking a much bigger question. I mean, I remember once I saw a, saw a documentary and they had a lot of interviews with, uh, there were, were male prostitutes, but right at the end, one guy said, at the end, what this is really all about is human contact. I mean, in your work, Mickey, is that what you find this is really about? It's about some form of human contact? 
Yes, uh, and also some sort of like therapy. I mean, sex workers are quite um, are people that are very, very conf- I mean, confidential. Mm-hmm. So you'd find that if you go around and tell Barry, who knows you down the road about your problems, he's going to mm-hmm. go around talking about them. He's going to tell Mary, and Mary tells Jill, mm-hmm. and every, it's yes. at the end of the day, it's the talk of the street. But with sex workers, you don't know me, I don't know you. You come and tell me your problems, you pay me for my time, I listen, I advise, and I've got nothing to lose mm-hmm. or nothing to gain from advising you because I don't know you and I wouldn't mislead you. So sex workers are also therapists, not not only ab- is it about sex. Alright, Mickey, I want to ask you this question for people who are listening who are maybe in the same work as you. Can you please just give us some tips on how to keep themselves safe very quickly? Okay, for starters, we've got a helpline, a toll-free um, helpline. Mm-hmm. It's a national helpline. You call it for free. It's 0800 mm-hmm. It's a 24-hour helpline. During the day, um, it's answered by us. It's sweat, but then we, I mean, in, in the night and public holidays, we've got some, we, we've mm-hmm. got um, some people answering it for us. People can call there for crisis. It's a crisis and information helpline. It's also we also offer counselling, and we can walk in at sweat as well uh, for counselling. We are at number 41 Salt River Road in community house mm. and um, we are there 9-5 um, Monday to Friday um, otherwise the person can call the helpline and also um, um, we, we, we are now having these blogs people if, could, could access them but they've got um, a different I mean they've, they, they've got different addresses but currently I can give you the HTTP um, yeah. okay wordpress. alright you're going to have to say that, say that slowly spell the sponsor for us S M O N Z A dot WordPress, and if a, if a person wants to say something there or be contacted, they can leave okay. a comment on that blog. So it's sponsor smons- dot WordPress, I presume dot com, hey? Yes. All right, Nikki, thank you so much for joining us today, and thank good you. luck to you, and, and keep yourself safe, please. And Sa- Sally Jean, thank you. I mean, Sally Jean, this argument is, dare I say, it's a it's a long running debate. I'm sure it's a yes. conversation you and I are going to be having again. But but I, I think I mean it fully when I say good luck with the blog. Thank you very much. And I think it play a very powerful role. Thank you both so much for coming in today. Thank you. All right, that was uh, Sally Jean Shackleton from the Sex Workers Education Advocacy Task Force and Nikki, a sex worker, both uh, with us from our Cape Town studio. And it is a fascinating discussion. I mean, you can go back and forth on this and different countries are going to try different models. And at the end, we'll probably find something. I think humanity will find something that absolutely works. But it is uh, difficult sometimes to sort of disentangle one's own prejudices. I find uh, when you talk about sex work, very interesting. But I found Nikki very confident. Some thought uh, maybe she should go into politics, actually. She had that sort of ability to speak and think on her feet. Maybe she should go into politics. No jokes, please. It's now to 11 o'clock.